If you brought your Bibles this morning, and I hope that you have, turn with me to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 10 is where we're going to, uh, the scriptures I'm going to bring to you this morning. Uh, I'm just bringing to you a segment uh, of, this, of this story. Uh, you'd have to read all of chapter 10 uh, to get the whole story. Uh, I might sum some of it up for you, but uh, I, want, I want to bring your attention specifically to about five verses here in the middle of this. And, and there's a point that I believe the Lord would have me to make. So beginning in Acts chapter 10, I want to start at verse 9. On the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh unto the city, Peter went up upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. And he became very hungry and would have eaten. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance. And he saw heaven opened in a certain vessel descending unto him, as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down to the earth, wherein where all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is, uncom or that is common or unclean. Will you bow your heads with me? Let's go to the Lord together in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just humbly come before you. Lord, we thank you for the good day. We thank you, Lord, for the many blessings. We thank you, Lord, for this church and our church family, Lord, and for the roof you put over our head, the nation that we live in, the freedom that we have, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for each one who's fought and bled and died and sacrificed so that we might have that freedom. But we know that ultimately it comes from you, so we give you all the praise and all the glory. But we thank you most of all this morning for your son, Jesus, Lord God, that you sent him and that you give him so that we might have life and have that life eternally and abundantly. I pray, Lord, that none of us here this morning would take that lightly and would take it for granted. I pray, Lord, that if there's any here this morning uh, under the sound of my voice that doesn't know you, that don't understand these things that I'm talking about here this morning, that doesn't know you uh, in, in a saving relationship, Maybe they've heard of you, maybe they know who you are, but they don't personally know you. I pray that today would be the day that they would repent and turn to you before it's everlasting too late. I pray that today would be the day that you'd get a hold of them and that you'd shake them, Lord. I pray that today would be the day that you'd reveal yourself to them, that you'd manifest yourself to them in a mighty way, Lord, that would remove any doubt from their mind. Lord, what I'm praying and asking for is that you would just have your way and your will here in our service and in our midst and in our hearts and in our lives. And we'll be sure and give you every bit of the glory for it. And Lord, I ask also that you would help me, help each one of us to get ourselves out of the way. Lord, that we wouldn't hinder the moving of your spirit in any way here this morning. And Lord, let me ask also of you this morning, if there's any that needed just a touch in their body, need maybe to be encouraged, to draw near to you, to be lifted up. Lord, I pray, Lord, that that would be today. Today they would turn to you. Today they would call upon you. Today 
they would hear you speak to them. And Lord, let me ask also for my own self here this morning. I need your help. Uh, I'm unable to preach unless you give it to me. So Lord, that's what I'm asking here for this morning is your anointing, your holy unction, for a filling of your spirit, Lord God. I pray, Lord, that you would just move here in a mighty way. God, that you would just clear my mind of everything but your message, your thoughts, your words. And you place on my tongue the very things that you have me to say here this morning. And Lord, my prayer is everyone would leave here this morning knowing not that they've heard from me, but that they've heard from you through your word, through your spirit. And I pray, Lord, that you would just, we know, Lord, that your word will not return void. So, Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you would just accomplish your intended purposes in each one of our hearts and our lives. And we'll be sure and give you every bit of the glory for it. Lord, have your way and your will in our midst. We love you. We ask it all in the precious and holy name of Jesus. Amen. The thing that I want to point out is in this vision, right? Peter is hungry. Peter is on the rooftop, uh, which is commonplace for to maybe a little cooler spot to get to. Peter is waiting while they're making some dinner. And while he is in that state, it says he falls into a trance. He has a vision from God. And we see from his response when he uses the word Lord that he understands what it is he is seeing and who this is from. But the thing that I want to point out to you is that Peter said, not so, Lord. The Lord clearly, he knows who is giving him this vision, where this vision is from, and what, what God is asking him to do. And he says, not so, Lord. Now, to me, that just stands out. It is a, seems like a strange thing to say no to the Lord, doesn't it? I mean, the Lord just clearly speak to you in such a miraculous way. And to just say, oh, no, Lord, I would never do that. I can't do that. I'm not going to do that. It made me think, and, and I got to thinking about several years ago, whenever I was growing up, well, I, I, in the 80s, I can remember, I mean, it was just beat into our heads. It was on the TV. You heard it at school. There was pep rallies. It was about it. But just say no to drugs. You remember that? Just say no to drugs. I don't know who actually come up with that or where that started. I think that it was very heavily popularized by Nancy Reagan. I think she's the one that said, that said it and really caused it to gain traction. I don't know that it was originally, you know, original from her. But I just think about that for just a minute. You know, we were taught. That was beat into our heads. Just say no to drugs. And, there, and I know there was a Christian spin on that, right? I remember there was bumper stickers that says, say no to the devil, right? And, and that whole thing. And, and I was just, I don't know. I was thinking about all that. And I was thinking, you know, not too long after that, do you remember the commercial where this is your brain on drugs, right? Remember that? It was the egg and the frying pan, you know? And, and then it ended with any questions. Uh, and think about it. And I was just thinking about that. And I was thinking how far our society has fallen. I mean, I never would have thought I'd look back to the 80s as the good old days. But I guess whatever the good old days is, is relative to the times, right? We've come to the point that now those same things that we were beating into people that's my age's head, and, and, we, and we, you know, to stay away from, the, this is what it's going to do to you. It's going to 
to do bad things to you. Just say no, and now we're legalizing it. Wow. What a change. Things that we should be saying no to. Now we are promoting in our society and telling our young people it's okay. Say yes to these things. I've often wondered, I promise you, if it feels like I'm scattered, it will make sense here in a little bit. I've often wondered how many times a day the average Christian says no to the Lord. For instance, no to witnessing, right? He gives you an opportunity. He opens a door. He puts somebody uh, in your path, right? Opportunity appears at some point during the day. Maybe it's at work, right? Maybe it's at school. Maybe it's when you're standing in line at, at Walmart or town and country or dollar store or wherever it is. Maybe it's while you're at the restaurant, right? Whenever you're eating or with the waitress or maybe it's in line or maybe it's somebody at the table next to you. God opens the door, gives you an opportunity to witness and we say no Lord not so Lord wonder how many times the average Christian says no to the Lord in the form of saying no when they have the opportunity to read their word and know that they should be and the Holy Spirit comes along and nudges them and reminds them hey this is not what you ought to be doing here is what you ought to be doing right now and we say no not so Lord how many times do we say no to holiness. How many times do we say no to kindness? No to helping bear one another's burdens, right? No uh, to prayer. Uh, and when we say no to the Lord, you know what we're doing? We're robbing ourselves. We're robbing ourselves, and sometimes we're robbing someone else also. A lot of times we're robbing not only ourselves, but someone else as well of God's blessing. I mean, that's the truth. That's the bottom line. Robbing someone of God's blessings. I guess I'm going to be silly for a second, but I just can't resist. One of the things that God is telling Peter it's okay to, to eat here is bacon. And he's saying no. How do you say no to bacon? That's one of God's blessings, is it not? I'm being silly, but you know what I'm saying here. How many... I think we do it far more often than what we realize. And we miss out on so much of what God has in store for us and what God wants to do with us, in us, and through us because we say no. And the reason I can so confidently say that is we can look through the scripture and we can see time after time after time where people say no to the Lord. If you just go forward a few chapters here in Acts, chapter 24, I'll just read to you two verses. In Acts chapter 24 and verse 24, it says, And after certain days when Felix came with his wife um, Desirella, which was a Jewess, he sent for Paul. Now this is while Paul was imprisoned, right, for preaching the gospel. And heard him concerning the faith in Christ, right? So Felix is the governor at this point, the Roman governor. He sends for Paul 
Paul, uh, he hears Paul, right? Paul speaks to him, shares the gospel with him. It says concerning uh, the faith in Christ in verse 25. And as he reasoned, right? As Paul reasoned with him of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled. He's under conviction. God is dealing with him. And here he answered, right here Felix is answered. Felix answered, Go thy way for this time, and when I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. In other words, he says, I've heard enough, Paul. I, go away, right? He can't handle it any longer. I remember when I come to a point, right, and the conviction is on me, and I'm standing back there towards the back, right, and gripping the pew in front of me, and I know I've come to the point, I'm going to have to do what I've heard, I can't hear no more, right, and I've got to make a decision, and I'm in the same place Felix is, and I'm going to have to either turn away from the Lord, or I'm going to have to come to the Lord. But here Felix says no. He rejects. Now, we don't know, if you go on and read farther here, we know that Felix talks with Paul, you know, more times than this, and, you know, and there's more times they have discussion. We know that Felix is hoping Paul will bribe him so, you know, that he can turn him loose, and, and so on and so forth, you know. So we don't know if he gets another opportunity, if he hears the gospel again or anything. But actually, according to what the Scripture says, this is the last time the Scripture tells us about him hearing of the faith concerning Christ, hearing the gospel, and here he's being under conviction. Just what if he said no here? to the last time that he hear, that, that God would ever deal with him, right? What if this is the point where he's turned over to a reprobate mind, right? His heart is hardened to that point. What if this is the last time that God has, is ever going to deal with him and he says no, no, to possibly the last and maybe the only chance of being saved? I have heard people, many people, really in their own way, in their own words, give the same answer that Felix gives. I know I've told you before about the elderly man at the revival down at Ava I was preaching several years ago. That sat, He sat back there in the back. They were picking him up from the nursing home and bringing him. And he was of sound mind. He, he, physically, he was at the point in life where he's having trouble taking care of himself, but not mentally. He was of sound mind. And you, I could clearly see, and I'm not one, and, and you'll see different people in different churches who, you know, will try to bring people forward that are under conviction. And I'm, I'm not one to do that. I personally don't think that's the right thing to do. And, but I could clearly see him. He was back there probably pretty close to where Randy would be sitting right now. And anyways, he was clearly, there was no doubt anybody that looked that way and, and had any understanding of those type of things. Clearly, God was dealing with him. Clearly, he was under conviction. But, I mean, there was no way that, you know. And so, anyways, it, it finally, God kept dealing with me about it. And after the service, he's still back there. And I think, you know, I, I'm just going to go talk to him. And I did just go talk to him. And, of course, it's pretty obvious sometimes when God's dealing with somebody because they'll just start talking to you about it. You know, I didn't ask him, you know, well, is God convicting you? Is he dealing with you? I didn't say, are you saved? You know, I just went back there and talked to him and just kind of see what doors God would open and where it would go. And he just started, you know, I mean, he knew. But yet at the same time, he kept saying, I've never done anybody wrong I've been a good I, I've been tried to live a good life and I've been good to everybody my whole life and he just could not 
He was in his own way, the same place that Felix was. And I've told you before, um, there are several from that church that went and visited with that man and took him to church several other times after that. And, uh, but it wasn't that long later that he passed away. And as far as any of us know, he never gave his heart to the Lord. Maybe it's maybe right now is the last time, the last opportunity you're going to get. I don't know. I don't know if there are any here today that have said no to salvation. But if you have, please understand that one of these times will be your last time and your last opportunity. Listen, when we say no to the Lord, we quench the Holy Spirit and the heart becomes just a little more and more. Each time it becomes more and more hardened and sooner or later uh, the Spirit's going to flee from you and never return, (laughs) turning you over to a reprobate, reprobate mind. And so we see this happening with Felix. I won't go there for the sake of time and read, but you can go back in the Old Testament to the book of Jonah. What happens there? God told Jonah to go to Nineveh, right? Jonah is a prophet of God, right? And the word of God comes, the word of the Lord comes to Jonah, right? Gives him a message to take to Nineveh, right? One of repentance, to preach to them. Judgment and repentance and a warning, you know? And what did Jonah do? Jonah said, no. Can you imagine that? A man of God saying no to the Lord. There's no question, there's no doubt. Jonah is not going, well, is this just me in my own mind? Is this my own thoughts? Is, is this just something that I want to do? You know, am I doing this you know, out of the wrong spirit or whatever? No, Jonah knew exactly who was talking to him. He knew exactly what the Lord wanted him to do. And what does he do? He says no, and he turns and he runs the other way. How many, when God has talked to and God has spoke to their heart and God has called them, they say no and they turn and run the other way. I think it's interesting. Where did Jonah go? He went down to Joppa, the same place that Peter's at, the same town, the port city there on the coast of the Mediterranean that Peter is at when Peter is saying no to the Lord. When Jonah said no to the Lord, he went down to Joppa and he got himself a, a, a ride on a boat headed to Tarshish, which was the farthest place in the known world of that time, right? in the opposite direction of Nineveh. And what happened? Saying no to God's call to service. Not only, if you go through and read the book of Jonah, you'll see not only did it affect Jonah, but it affected everyone that was around him as well. Right? Everyone that was on that, on that boat with him. Uh, it affected every one of them. When you tell God no, you're refusing what he's, what he's planning for you, what he is wanting to do with you. Every Christian, right, every one of us is to be a servant. And we don't, I know we, that kind of ruffles us a little bit, and we don't like that word servant, and we don't like, uh, uh, you know, we don't like how it sounds, right, that it sounds too demanding. It sounds like a second-class position in society, but that's not how it's intended in the Scripture. That's not how Jesus used it. Jesus always spoke with high honor of, of his servants, right? And, and so you... Can I ask you? Have you said no to the servant to service for the Lord? If so, listen to me. 
It's not too late. you still got breath in you. You can change that. You can say yes. Saying no caused Jonah's heart to harden just a little bit, right? Or a little bit more, right? He became less concerned about the others that was around him. Listen to me today. I honestly believe that the reason churches don't grow is because Christians have said no to the Lord, right? The reason that missionaries cannot get to the field is because Christians say no to the Lord when the Lord calls them, right? The reason our community is in the shambles it is is because Christians have said no to the command to go and to preach and to reach the people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? The reason that our schools are full of, of all the nonsense and the humanism and, and the drugs and the satanic worship and all the other sorts of sin and evil that run rampant there is because Christians have said no. I, I, I'm thankful that We've recently had the change that we've had uh, on Roe v. Wade with the abortion and all that. It, but that kicks it back to the state level, right? And the fight is still there at the state level. And I'm just going to be honest with you. Christians could have stopped that a long time ago, 40 plus years ago. I, I'm going to be honest with you for just a minute. I believe that as Christians we could have stopped all the lewdness and the wickedness on TV had we stepped up and fought it. Uh, the condition of our society today, uh, the immoral position that we're in, is the result of Christians not standing up for the word of God and for the truth that God preaches or, or teaches us there. Too many have said no to the Lord. Not so. That's not something I can do. That's not a fight I can fight. What difference does my voice make? Not so, Lord. I think I'll just kind of fly under the radar. I think I'll just not rock the boat. I think I'm just too close to the end of this race, and I'm just going to go along, uh, you know, to get along. Mike read this morning about the uh, rich young ruler. That's, there's another one that said no to the Lord. He said no to sacrificing for God. He wasn't willing to give up his possessions, right? Which those possessions have become a God to him. And he wasn't willing to give those things up. He wasn't willing to give sacrificially. Uh, and honestly, to give sacrificially is a... It's a test and, and try our faith in God. I honestly believe that. Uh, then in response... is a show of your faith, right? And in response to the show of your faith, God gives back. And God gives with a bigger uh, with a bigger pitchfork than we do, right? God gives back in greater measure. Now, it's not necessarily money, right? That's one place where the health and wealth gospel has went far uh, off the tracks and went really wrong, right? Is, is they say you give God $100 and he'll give you back $1,000 or whatever. That's not the case at all, right? If you are in financial need, true financial need, God can bless you and take care of you there. But there's a lot of other ways that he'll bless you and give back in greater measure. It's the things that we truly need. When a person says no to God in any manner, whether it be that of sacrifice or something as simple as reading your Bible, you know what you're doing? You're driving a wedge between you and the Lord. And that wedge 
Listen to me, that wedge is sin. It's become sin to you for sure. And it must be dealt with. It must be dealt with in repentance, right? Confession to God and forsaking, turning away from it. That has got to happen. That wedge has got to be removed before your fellowship with the Lord can be restored again. I don't know. Is there any bells going off in any of your hearts right now? Is God speaking to you today? If we go back and we look at Peter, what's Peter really saying no to? He's saying no to submission, to submitting to God. That's really what it boils down to. Peter was at Joppa. He was on a rooftop, and God appears to him in a vision. Peter saw the sheets of the various kinds of animals that, that, that was being let down, and the Lord said to Peter, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter's response, right? Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. You see, in order for Peter to have said yes to the Lord, he would have had to put behind him a life of tradition, right? He was ha and he was having a hard time trusting God at his command, right? It, it, he wasn't willing to submit to the Lord. I'm telling you, submission requires a total trust and faith in God. And failure to submit to God's leading will lead to doubt and confusion, Every single time. Submission to God takes all of the decision making from our hands, from the believer's hands, and it places it into God's hands. When we submit to the Lord, put our faith and trust in Him, we are putting God in the driver's seat, right? But, but that's hard for so many of us to do, right? And so submission to God takes, takes us out of the driver's seat and that means that we're letting go of control and we're giving it over to God and that's where we have problems but listen to me submission to God will always bring victory over the enemy it will always bring victory over Satan that's why it says in James 4 7 submit yourselves therefore to God resist the devil and he will flee from you now, the order there I used to think that the order was random, or I would hate to say out of order, but I always thought, you know, that you would resist the devil, then submit to God, right? And that I didn't understand why it was worded that way. God put it that way on purpose, right? You've got to submit to God first, right? You can't resist the devil unless you've submitted yourselves to God first. So we must, right? Re to resist is the opposite of submit. And you will not be able to resist the devil until you have first submitted to God. That's how you gain the victory. Most Honestly, most Christians today live lives that are full of doubt, full of defeat, and full of confusion. That's what happens when you try to paddle your own canoe. That's what happens when you leave yourself in the driver's seat. That's what happens when you refuse to submit to God. And you know what you're headed for? You're headed for the pitfalls of the devil. You're headed for the snares and the traps that he has laid for you, and he will get you. Guarantee it. Complete submission to God. And all that he wants is just the opposite. It brings joy 
peace, and it even brings the greater understanding of the will of God and of His Word. Now, as I think about this and I look at the time, I could have given you a whole lot more and more examples. Many, many more examples could have been given. Right? I could have started with Adam, right? Saying no to God in the Garden of Eden. But let me say this here this morning. Speaking of Adam, aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that the last Adam, right? That Jesus Christ, that's the one the scripture tells us is the last Adam. That the last Adam said yes to God in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? Aren't you glad that one night in Bethlehem's major, a baby was born? Not just any baby, but God in the flesh. And that baby grew up, and one day we see him in the Garden of Gethsemane praying, Father, if, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Soldiers came and took him, and they had a mock trial. They convicted Jesus of literally nothing. Then they placed him on a cross. And he hung on that cross. Uh, think about it for a minute. As he hung on that cross, he could have made the decision to call down 10,000 angels. But instead, he chose to say yes to the will of God and to the plan of God. And that plan actually called for his death. He died, right? He said yes. By saying yes, he died. And that day, our sin, your sin and my sin was paid for. That day, Jesus said yes to the need for each one of us here today, right? For the forgiveness of our sins, right? He said yes. He said yes to that. He said yes to a system that absolutely hated him. He said yes to God's plan for atonement for the sins of the world. And because he said yes, you and I should say yes right now to his plea to us to, to come and accept him today. We should say yes to the forgiveness that he offers us for our sins. We should say yes to the call that he has for us. For some of you sitting here today, maybe that's a call to salvation, a call to be saved. Maybe for some of you sitting here today, it's a call to go out. Right? Maybe, maybe God's calling you to be a missionary, to go somewhere halfway across the world. Then again, maybe God's calling you to go and come right out here in your community. Maybe God's got a ministry for you and he's calling you to it. Maybe God's calling you to go and talk to somebody. Somebody he's been working on the other end. Now, don't think that you're going to go in there cold because you're not. God's dealing with your heart about going and talking to somebody. God's already been at the other end. He's already been working on them. He's already been dealing with them. And you've got the choice to say yes or no. And if you say no, look at what you're missing out on, what God wants to do with you and through you and the blessings in your life, and look at what the other person, right? Your no is going to affect them too, what they're going to miss out on. You have the choice to say yes or to say no. So I'm asking you this morning, will you say yes to the Lord? It's time that we quit saying no. We're in the mess that we're in because we've been saying no to the Lord for way too long.
Sunday school, we talked about the mess, right, that things were in and how they didn't, uh, you know, when they went into the promised land, they didn't do all the things that they were supposed to, didn't conquer the land they were supposed to, and they'd done so many things. They, they were saying no to the Lord. The Lord had made clear what his plan was, what his will was, what the instructions were, what they were supposed to do. And some things they followed, and, and a lot of things they didn't. A lot of times they were saying no. And look at the mess that they created for themselves, for their children, for their grandchildren, for future generations, plumb through to the day. The same is still true with us today. So, what's my message to you this morning? Stop saying no to the Lord. It's time to say yes. He's speaking to your heart this morning. Would you say yes? Would you be willing to say yes? Would you be willing? Listen to me. That's going to take some faith. It's going to take you submitting to God, taking yourself out of the driver's seat, right? Relinquishing control to the Lord and trusting in Him that even though you can't see how it would all work out, you can't see how it would turn out, you, don't, you can't see how to possibly accomplish it. God can and He does. He knows what He's doing. Would you stand to your feet? I want to open the altar and I want to give you a chance to come this morning. If the Spirit of God is dealing with you, would you come this morning? If you've got a need, if you've got a burden, would you come this morning? Whatever it is, don't miss this opportunity. Spirit of God dealing with your heart, come on. Don't be shy. Don't be bashful. It don't matter what anyone else thinks. All that matters is what God thinks. Whatever the need is here this morning, would you come? However the Spirit of God might be dealing with your heart, stop saying no to Him. Now's the time to say yes. Now's the time to say yes to the Lord. Would you come this morning? Would you come? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lamb.